Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia Audio Podcast. Each message is designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, and don't be shy to drop us a message if you have a question. Thanks for listening, and God bless. People have been coming here their whole life, and, and new people as well. If you didn't get a chance to meet Brenda in the back, too, be sure to do that after services. Brenda was baptized on Tuesday, so we're excited to welcome her into the body of Christ here. So get to know her. I won't make you stand up, Brenda. It's okay. But you can you guys can go meet her afterwards. I posted her picture on Facebook, so you guys, it could be like a Where's Waldo thing. You can be like, all right, I know what she looked like online. Let's see what she looks like and when her hair is dry, and you can get to know Brenda. But she's pretty awesome, so get to greet her. It's good to see everyone that is here, though. It's good to see people coming together to worship God. It's good to see fellowship. It's good to see family. It's good to see friends. I'm always intrigued by the conversations that I have, you know, when I come into the building or whether I'm sitting on the pew there before I get up here to preach. And right before this last song, um, Fiona leans over to Zinni and asks Zinni a question. You never know what questions, you know, the kids are going to ask in the middle of a church service. And this question was really profound. She asked... Mom, can a dragon beat a bear? (laughs) Now, me and my preacher mind had popped up. I said, I do not know if a dragon can beat a bear, but I do know this. Jesus Christ beat death, and we're going to talk about him today. Look at that segue into the Easter sermon, right? But we're going to talk about how Jesus beat death. So whether you're thinking about Jesus' resurrection today because it's Easter, or whether you're thinking about because it's Sunday, the weekly um, you know, anniversary of his, his resurrection, I hope that you're thinking and celebrating Jesus today because we're going to talk about how awesome it is that we serve a risen Savior. And it don't matter if a dragon can beat a bear. Jesus beats everything. He even beat death, defeated Satan in doing so. And we're going to celebrate that and we're going to think about that today. But kind of by way of illustration as we get into this, you know, I was thinking about some of the TV shows that I like to watch, you know, and and I have certain viewing habits depending on where I'm at. At home, I'm very regimented. I pull up Netflix. We don't have cable or anything like that. We have Netflix at Disney Plus, and I'll watch shows on repeat because I don't have to think about it, and I could take a nap during it. So I just discovered that on my free download of the Peacock app right now that they have extended office episodes, you know, like director's cut ones and all that. So right now, that's when I'm falling asleep to, and I'll go back to the original ones probably after that. But when I'm traveling, I, my habits change. We'll go into a hotel, it's like, new channels. And I'll find myself becoming very much an old man when, when I get to a hotel. I'm not watching you know, comedy or action movies. I'm not watching sports. What I find myself gravitating toward is the same shows you'll see in a doctor's office waiting room. Home and Garden TV. And I'm watching all these shows about fixing up houses. I don't plan on buying another house. I don't even have to time fix up the one we have. But for some reason, I am so drawn into these TV shows where they'll take a house and they will make it better. They'll go in and they'll have their their designers walk into a kitchen from the 70s or something and they'll tell them all the things that they're going to do. And then they'll say, hey, roll back the bus, right? Or whatever show you're watching. And then they'll show you the remodeled kitchen with with the new granite countertops and the, the new stainless steel fixtures or whatever is popular at that time, which, by the way, I don't like that styles happen or that they go out of style. I, I thought when me and Zinni got married, and I talk about this all the time, we bought green towels, light green towels. I thought we were going to be a light green towel people forever. 
Apparently you can't be the same color towel person forever because styles change. And the Extreme Makeover TV show shows you that too. They'll take a home, they'll say, hey, that cabinets that were in style 40 years ago are no longer in style, therefore you must fix them. And we find those stories compelling, don't we? We like stories of restoration. We like stories of remodel. I like some watching shows where they'll take a car and they'll restore it and they'll make it awesome. And you're like, that's amazing. I've told you before, I found myself watching little reels on Instagram where they'll restore whether it's an old compressor, compressor or a video game or a, a knife. I mean, they take anything and they, they fix it up. And it's amazing to see that new life in it. And I think that God knows we feel that way. And that's why the Bible is full of terminology like that. Terminology like being born again. Remember, Jesus told Nicodemus that if you want to enter in the kingdom, you have to be what? Born again. And he was compelled by that. It's like, what do you mean? Born again? How can a man enter into his, his mother's womb again? He says, no, but be born of the water and of the spirit. That born again terminology is compelling to us. Restoration terminology, renewed um, terminology. Ever bought something on Amazon? It's not used, it's renewed. They sell you, right? We like that. We like things that you have made better. We love the idea of new life. I think that's why we're all drawn into the stories of Jesus' miracles. Jesus' miracles are restoration miracles. They are new life miracles. Think about it. With the water and the wine, he fixed the wedding, made it better, restored it by providing that wine. When you think about his healings of people, he restored them. In fact, we talked about the healing of the leper um, from Mark chapter 2 last week on Wednesday night. And his flesh was restored, it says. Because he got new life. He was made better. Jesus fixed nature by ending storms. He cast out demons. He was fixing souls, you might say. Everything Jesus did was all about restoration. It was about repairing things. It was about new life. It was about being born again. And what we're going to see today in our lesson Jesus, with that power that he has to bring new life, Jesus can even fix death. Now, I'm sure that one of the reasons you became a Christian is because you were thinking about death and you wanted to do something about it. And, and all of us at different times have to come to grips with our own mortality and like, what's going to happen? What's it like after this? Jesus makes it possible for us to not fear Death, Because he can defeat death, he can fix death, he can bring new life. Fiona asked, can a dragon beat a bear? I don't care if a dragon beat a bear. Jesus can bring new life in the midst of death. So with that in mind, open up your Bibles to John chapter 11. And, and I want everybody to follow along this morning. So whether you've got a Bible there in front of you in the seat back, or you can pull one up on your phone, I want us to work through this chapter together. A little bit. And I know we got new people here. So um, we spend a lot of time in God's Word and study as a group. We believe in the idea of collectively, you know, um, communing over God's Word and fellowship with it and learning from it because it is the words of life. My words do not really matter. And sometimes my words don't even make sense, but Jesus's do. So, John chapter 11. In this chapter here, this is the middle of Jesus's earthly ministry. So, he's been born, he's been baptized, he's been preaching. But he hasn't died on the cross yet. So this is while he is on earth. And while he was on earth, we find out that one of Jesus' close friends ends up becoming sick and dying. And that man's name is Lazarus. Let's read together. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now, there was, now a certain man was sick. 
Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This is a family that Jesus is really, really close to. And we learn that Mary's the one who anointed the Lord with ointment and washed his feet. And it's her brother who is sick. And we're hearing about all of this. So the sisters send word to Jesus, telling him, Jesus, this one whom you're close to, this one whom you love is sick. Jesus heard this, and he says, it's okay, it's going to be to the glory of God, and so on. Well, Jesus hears this message that Lazarus is sick, and instead of going to Lazarus immediately, Jesus delays himself for, for two days, verse 6 tells us. So he takes time to go to the city of Bethany where Jesus or Lazarus was. And in fact, his disciples are kind of wondering, hey, I thought we said we're going to Bethany. I thought you were in a rush. Verse 8, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again. He's delayed in going there, and now they're starting to have time to think about it. And they go, well, why are you even going to go there? Because it's dangerous there. But Jesus says, look, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. He goes, look, there's bigger things we got to deal with. We're not worrying about this stumbling here. I have to go take care of Lazarus. Verse 11, he said, and after that, um, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go so that I may waken him out of sleep. A lot going on here. Jesus was delayed in leaving, and then when he decides to go, the disciples go, why in the world are you going to go there? People are going to try to kill you while you're there. And Jesus goes, well, I have to go there to wake up Lazarus. They're like, if Lazarus is asleep, why is it a big deal if we go there and wake him up? Well, we learn that it's not that he's asleep, it's that he has passed on. Verse 13 now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was speaking of literal sleep. So Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. The disciples knew Lazarus. Jesus knew Lazarus. Jesus, in his wisdom and knowledge of all things, knows that Lazarus has died. And now he tells his disciples that. He says, so we have to go there because he has died. And I have to wake him up. Jesus views death as sleep. It's temporary. It's not forever. You're going to wake up. So Jesus says, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Jesus goes, this is an opportunity for you guys to believe with what is going to happen. So they leave and they head toward Bethany. Bethany is outside of Jerusalem. And it says, now Bethany was near Jerusalem. This is verse 18, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Their brother had died. They're upset, so their friends and relatives and kinsmen are coming around them to comfort them. And Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him. So I picture her kind of going outside, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. you got to understand the urgency in her mind. She sent word to Jesus a few days before saying, you need to get here. My brother is very sick. Jesus doesn't get there right away and he dies. So she comes to Jesus and is like, I, if you would have been here, I know that he wouldn't have died. But look at verse 22. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give to you. She goes, look, I still believe in you. I still believe you can help this situation. And look what Jesus said in verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Jesus is telling this to her. Now, she doesn't have this 
deep theological understanding of the resurrection like we do looking back at it, knowing the complete story. But she does say this. She goes, yes, yes, I know, verse 24, that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She thinks that Jesus is maybe being abstract with what he's saying. He says he will live again, and she goes, oh, I know that in heaven he's going to live again kind of idea. But it's bigger than that. Jesus said to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And he asks, do you believe this? So he's talking deeper now about all this. He goes, look, I am the source of the resurrection. I am the source of new life. I am the one who can bring life. If you believe in me, you will never die. That's why we're here today celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Because believing in him, we will never die. Jesus asked her, do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Look at that great statement of faith from Martha here. Yes, I have believed. Jesus is a resurrection and life to us too. He says the same thing. If you believe in me, you will never die. He's asking us the same question. Do you believe in me? Then the story goes on. We go on and we find that Jesus gets there and talks to Mary as well as, and he sees them crying. And in fact, Jesus weeps along with them. In verse 35, in that famous verse, it says Jesus wept. And then in verse 38, Jesus comes to the grave where Lazarus is. Verse 38, Jesus, again being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave with a stone lying against it. So they have a cave and they have a big rock in front of it. And that's where they have Lazarus buried. So they take Jesus to the tomb of him and... and they're expecting maybe Jesus to cry there, to weep there, to comfort him there, to pray there, whatever it is. And Jesus said, remove the stone. It's almost like, you know, that extreme home makeover. Remove the bus. But we're going to see a whole nother kind of new life happening here. Remove the stone. And I don't know, Martha's just honest. And I love this line in verse 35. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there'll be a stench for he's been dead for four days. Wouldn't you love that quote being in there for all, for all eternity, that you're the one that's worried about the stinking body of your brother? But anyway, she's real. She goes, look, Jesus, um, I, I mean, I know you're Lord and all, but you're wanting us to open up the tomb, and he's been in there a while. I know what happens when you open up where dead things are. Okay? Ever smell a dead rat in a wall? We don't want to do this here. But Jesus said, verse 40, Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Remember, Jesus here has the power of the resurrection. Jesus has the ability to fix people and to give new life. So in verse 41, they removed the stone and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it so that they may believe that you sent me. Then in verse 43, Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Lazarus. Come forth. And the man who had died came forth, 
bound hands and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. So Lazarus comes out, wrapped up in all the burial clothes still, where he's supposed to have been dying and decomposing. He comes out of there, and they unwrap him, and everybody looks at this, and it says, Therefore many of the Jews who had come to Mary saw what he had done and had believed in him. Lazarus was dead, and Jesus had the power to fix him, to give him new life. Restoration, renewal, whatever you want to call it, being born again. He gave him new life. Why? How? Because Jesus has the power of the resurrection. He is the resurrection and the life. The people didn't fully understand all this, of course. You go on into like John chapter 14. Jesus tells his disciples that he's going to die. And he tells them, don't worry. Verse 1 of John chapter 14, he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you may be also. And the people are like, what? Even Thomas goes, how are we going to get there? How, what's the way? And Jesus there says, if you want to have that new life, if you want to spend eternity with me, understand this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through me. Again, Jesus reiterates this idea that he is the source of that new life. Yes, he was going to die, but it didn't matter they would see him again. Yes, Lazarus died. It didn't matter. They were going to see him again. Jesus dies. He says, you're going to see me again. But the people didn't believe it, did they? We know we go on to the rest of the story that many people tried to have Jesus crucified and they succeeded in that. They had him whipped. They had him beaten. They had the crown of thorns placed upon his head. They nailed him to a cross. They pierced his side with a sword and killed him, thinking, here, we've won. We have defeated him. But what happened? We know the rest of the story. Jesus has the power of the resurrection. Jesus has the ability to bring new life. On the third day, stone rolls back. Jesus comes out. He is back. He is risen. He is Lord. He is resurrected from the dead. Death doesn't matter to Jesus. Death cannot stop Jesus. It didn't stop him when he healed Lazarus, did he? No. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. What's the point for us? Jesus is bigger than death. Jesus fixes things. He fixes our lives, right? But he also fixes our death because he gives us new life. He did it for Lazarus. It was demonstrated through his own resurrection. And it's provided to all who come believing and obeying. That same resurrection is available. That same restoration can happen. So what's the point then for all of us today? The point is this. Let Jesus fix you. An opportunity for new life is available. You can start over. You can be reborn. All the old sins can be washed away and you can be changed. If you let Jesus fix you. Have you ever walked into a house that's been remodeled and you're like, wow. They breathe new life into this room or into this house you see that with a, with a car that's been restored. You're like, oh, that car's heading to the junkyard. And it's like, oh, it's born again. And it's glorious to see, right? Let Jesus fix you. Let Jesus give you new life.
Hey, let's admit it. Sometimes the old life hasn't been that good. <laughs> we do things we shouldn't do. We think thoughts we shouldn't think. We sin, we stumble, we fall. But that doesn't have to be the end. The old life can go away and we can be made new once again. I know I've given this illustration before, but I remember growing up, my dad got this laptop provided for, um, for him for work. And it came with a couple games on, on CD-ROM, and one of them was Microsoft Golf. And I don't know anything about golf, but what I remember from that game is that they had the opportunity, if you did a bad job, you could click a button and have a mulligan. Now, again, I'm not a golfer, but I had to look this up. A mulligan is a term where you get a do-over. You can have that do-over. You can have that new life. You can have that restoration in Jesus Christ. You fast forward in the Bible, Paul would even illustrate life this way when talking about our, our, our baptism. He'll say, or do you not know that all of you have been baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried with him through baptism into death in order that Christ was raised from the dead. So based upon the resurrection of Christ from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? Newness of life. A new life. That's why that process is called being born again. It's that restoration, it's that change, it's that renewal that we all want. Now, here's what some are thinking this morning. Some are thinking this morning, well, I'm too far gone. They're thinking, well, I, I, I'm that building that can't be restored. I'm the one that should be torn down. I'm the one that, will ne that can never be forgiven. There's always people that think that in every audience. And when it comes to humanity, when it comes to how we can restore things, yeah, that's true. There are some houses that we can't fix, that are too far gone. But what's amazing is this. With God, nothing is impossible. He can breathe new life into everyone. When someone looked at the situation with Lazarus, you would say, oh, he's, he's too far gone now, Lord. He's been dead. He's been wrapped up in basically mummy clothes. And he's been decomposing in a tomb. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Lazarus, come forth. And he rises from the dead. They take Jesus and they nail him to a cross, whip, beating him, all that. And even though he dies on the cross, we want to make sure. So we stab him through with a sword, piercing his insides open, right? Just to make sure there's no coming back, right? We got him defeated now. Didn't matter. With God, nothing is impossible because three days later, he rose from the grave. The lesson for you and for me this morning is let's allow Jesus to give us new life. Let's experience the power of the resurrection by being changed people. Today we celebrate the fact that he is risen. But we need to celebrate that resurrection of him in our own lives through our own obedience and commitment to him. Where we say, you know what? I'm no longer going to live the old way anymore. I'm going to be changed from this point on. I'm going to allow Jesus to make me be born again. In just a moment, Steve's going to come up here and lead us in a song. But let me encourage you that if you want that new life, you want to have that do-over, you want to start again because of sin, you've drifted away, you can have that. The guilt, the, the punishment, all that can be gone. You can come to Jesus, believing in him, turning from your sins, confess him as Lord, we'll baptize you right here, and you can have your sins washed away. If that's something you want to do, talk to me after services. Talk to one of us here. Messages, call us any time or day. We'd be glad to do that because we want everyone to have 
that new life. We want you to experience the power of the resurrection. We want you to rise to walk a new life in this life and that one day you'll experience that final resurrection where you'll go on to be in eternity with your resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ. The lesson is yours. If you have a need, you can also come forward and talk to me now. As together we stand and as we sing. Wonderful story of Thanks again for listening to West Visalia Audio. We hope these messages have helped you grow and inspired you to take action. Be sure to check in each week for more on-the-go content or visit our YouTube channel to watch the live video. Thanks for participating and God bless.